developed a bond that can never be broken. I have the absolute best childhood memories. Along with Jim and Alicia, I was blessed beyond blessings to get an extra set of grandparents with Ray and Ruby. Ray was not only a grandfather figure in my life, he, he was also like a best buddy. I loved going to their house after school when Alicia or Jim couldn't pick me up and Ruby would be waiting in the car with some sort of ice cream treat. <laughs> this sounds like my mom. Sports were my passion and true love my whole childhood and there was no better person than Ray to teach me how to throw pitches and he would show, show me how to swing my bat. Ray would do anything for me. He loved me as his own blood. Now as I've reached adulthood, I can only strive to be the man Ray was. He was humble, kind, loving, compassionate, selfless, and altruistic are just a few words I would use to describe this man. I couldn't have asked for a better role model. Also, the way Ruby and Ray loved each other and valued marriage was one of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed. As I sit here with a heavy heart, knowing Ray is gone, my heart is also full because I know Ray and Ruby are back in each other's arms in paradise. When I found out the news of Ray's passing, I instantly prayed to God and an overwhelming presence of Ray and Ruby throughout my body became being. They are angels now. It saddens me that he has passed, but truly, if I can be half the man Ray was in life, I'll be hitting home runs. I love Ray with my whole heart, and until we meet again, I know he's watching down over us all with a smile on his face. With all my love, Taylor Day. Um, another one that I have to share is also from um, Wally and Sherry Day. Um, they wanted me to know that we, as a family, have known Ray for a very long time. We first moved to Iowa years ago. We had no family. That soon changed after meeting Alicia, Ray, and Ruby. They became our family. Ray treated Taylor, his little buddy, he would call him, as if he were his own grandson. He watched out for him at the elementary school, was his grandpa on grandparents' day, and attended all his sporting events. He made sure he was safe as a bat boy at the Bees Park and never missed a birthday. He always came with a card in hand and a famous ruby cake. He would see to it that Taylor always was taken care of. People do not come any better in this world than Ray. We were so glad to know him, and he and Ruby will live on in our hearts forever. Uh, my daughter-in-law, Alicia, asked me to say a few things since I've known Ray for 30 years. I had to write them down, uh, and I stopped writing after I got the four pages because uh, there's a lot of things there. But um, as you could see, at, at the end here, you could see that Ray's health was slightly getting worse over the last month. But uh, no one really expected his last day to come as fast as it did. Uh, Jim just had one of those feelings that he should stop and see him that morning, and... Uh, on the way to work, and he sensed something differently, so he called Alicia and got her there, and, and uh, they were even like, able to talk to him and uh, even feed him, and then uh, when the nurses got him up, he took his last breath, and that was hard on everybody because it kind of came fast, uh, <clears throat> but that was the sad part. Now we're going to talk about 
some of the things about right. Um, <clears throat> I grew up uh, being taught that you need to respect a person when they're alive. And uh, you come to these events to show you respect the existing, the remaining family members. And uh, as you could see uh, by the letters that Alicia just read, uh, they touched a lot of hearts. Um, and so it was nice that everybody came. So, well, who was Ray Romine? And anyway, uh, how well do we really know a person? Well, I'll start with a few things I don't know about Ray. I don't know his favorite color. I don't know what his favorite holiday was. Uh, I don't know his favorite flower, or I don't even know his favorite sports team. I don't know his favorite food. But uh, I do know that Ray liked food because Ray, Ruby was one of the best cooks around. <laughs> and so that's part of the, uh, so I think anything she prepared, he was going to like. And he didn't like the food out at Klein's because I think Ruby had spoiled him <laughs> out there and down there. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> there was a, those are a few things. And I'd like to share a few things that I, I do know about Ray. And uh, he was a husband, brother, father, grandfather, who also answered to the name of Poppy Ray, which several of his grandkids called him to distinguish the two poppies apart here. And, uh, and anyway, Poppy Ray really loved his family, and he loved the hugs from his grandkids. And uh, there's a saying that you don't get to choose your relatives, but when Jim proposed to Alicia, he was choosing Ray. And uh, not sure Jim was Ray's first choice, but uh, as I don't know that too many fathers feel that their, a boy is good enough for their daughter. But anyway, uh, and Ray may not have been the tallest person, but he had a recognizable voice that stood out in the crowd. And it probably came in handy while performing several of these different jobs he had during his working years. Uh, many of you probably didn't know that Ray was a bouncer in his younger years. And uh, I, I imagine he didn't put up with people who were getting a little bit out of line because that's just kind of the nature I knew about Ray. He didn't take a lot up from anybody that he didn't think should be doing something they shouldn't be doing. But one of his responsibilities was keeping minors from buying cigarettes out of a vending machine. And uh, one evening on the job, this individual approached a cigarette machine, and Ray said to that person he needed to check their ID. And I'm not sure exactly what the exchange of words were, and stuff, but one thing led to another, and I suppose you're probably all wondering what happened next. Well, uh, that person was Ruby, who later became his wife. So, <laughs> so, so anyways, being a bouncer paid off there. So. And uh, the job of a bouncer was probably pretty good training for when Ray became a custodian at the West Burlington school system and had to put up with all the kids. Everybody knew Ray. And I just heard a story here from one of the uh, teachers, I think, that was passing through. And she says, the pencil sharpeners haven't worked the same since Ray left his job. <laughs> she says, every pencil sharpener worked beautiful when Ray was there. And uh, so anyway, he's missed in a lot of different ways. Uh, Pastor Richard's already talked about Ray being the clubhouse manager for several years and, and stuff. And uh, one thing Ray made sure of is that all, well, I'm going to call them wet behind the ears, want to be baseball players because these were kids hoping to fill their dreams and be, make it into the big leagues. And we all know what the odds are of that happening. But I'm sure Ray treated them all and, and Ruby as well as, you know, as their own kids. And, uh, and, I sure, and I know Ray made sure their uniforms were clean and their shoes were tied, and uh, they also fed them many meals as was touched. And I got, to, I got to experience Ruby's meals, so you missed out on some stuff there. And uh, yeah, so I, I imagine the players, they were probably looking more forward to the meal before or after the game than they were playing the actual game. That, that's just, just how good her food was. Uh, Ray liked auto racing. I don't know what his favorite drivers were or anything like this, but... Uh, he helped Jim build a stock car in Grandma Beebe's garage. And uh, 
I think the scar, car spent more time being pushed in actual racing, but I think they had fun building it. And Jim can tell you more about their racing team and how long it lasted and some of their events there, because they did travel to several tracks, and uh, sometimes we even had to tow the towing vehicle home so, stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I had a chance to golf with Ray a few times, and he was a pretty decent golfer, but he had a little bit of a temper, and I don't know where that really comes from, but the, the family member probably knows a little bit about that. And, uh, but he kept the temper under control for the most part. And even if you're not a golfer, you've probably heard the saying that golf is just one of those four-letter words. And believe me, Ray knew a lot of them on the golf course. And uh, I suppose your mind is wondering now about what those words might have been. Well, uh, let me share a few of these words with you. And I know we're in the house of worship, but uh, these are some of the four-letter words you might hear on the golf course. Golf cart, ball, fade, draw, hole, wood, iron, lost, shot, pond, tree. Colt knows something about trees and golf. Oh, and stuff. And, and what's with the word for? Who ever thought it was a good idea to yell for and let everybody with an earshot know that you're a bad golfer? I mean, why would you want to yell that word out and, and warn somebody? You know, if I hit one that way, I don't want anybody to know I'm the one that hit a ball at them. But <clears throat> anyway, another one of Ray's favorite words that you, uh, oh yeah, Ray did know some of those other four-letter words that you were probably already thinking about too. But, uh, but another one of Ray's favorite words, and I heard him say this more than once, was knucklehead. I don't know if many of you heard it, but I could hear him calling people you knucklehead a lot of times. Uh, it was generally directed towards the referee or an umpire at one of the uh, grandkids' sporting events. Uh, Alicia, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because Alicia learned from the best. And uh, my wife and I sat together with Ray and Alicia at many of the games, and believe me, Alicia wasn't easy on the officials either. There was more than one time that the officials came over and told Ray and his daughter to shut up. <laughs> and I think there was even a time at one of Colton's traveling basketball games, and I've never seen it done before, that Ray and Alicia got a technical foul as spectators. And I think that was up at Davenport at that one sporting event. And, uh, and anyway, so it was, it was something and, and to hear them. So you don't hear that too often. My wife and I often joke that we may get kicked out just for sitting with those two. <laughs> Uh, and and as, as, <clears throat> speaking of getting kicked out, even in his final month where he got kicked out of his room at Klein's for playing his TV too loud, uh, maybe I should have said move to another room, but, you know, kicked out just seemed to fit Ray because he did like his TV loud and stuff. And, and I hope by listening to some of these things I mentioned about Ray, you were recalling some of your own memories about him. And if you have special ones, I'm sure as a family, you ought to share them with each other because probably not everybody knows everything about anybody, and uh, I certainly don't know everything about Ray, but I do like what I did know about him, so thank you. Share anything. This is your time. All right. I just want to thank you all for coming to, out today to celebrate the memory of my amazing dad and giving us an opportunity to tell you a little bit more about him. 
I feel grateful to have had as much time with my dad as I did. Dads are someone to look up to, someone to follow, someone to admire, someone to brag about, someone to learn from, someone to lean on, and most of all, share everything this wonderful life has to offer with. I'm so incredibly grateful and happy that I can say, stand here today and tell you that I have had all this and much, much more with my dad. I have been blessed to have had him as my dad. I cherish the memories that I have with my dad and know he is smiling down on us. I always knew how to get my way with my dad. <laughs> when my mom would say no, <laughs> I would just sit there on the couch long enough with my mouth stuck out like that, and he got tired of looking at me, <laughs> and he would just give in and let me do what I wanted, and he would always say um, to my mom, it's my baby girl, he would tell my mom. He was my biggest cheerleader when it came to school. He always encouraged me to do well in school and go to college, and he always said to me, education is something that no one can ever take away from you. If I asked him to do anything for me, he would drop everything to help me. He, wanted, he worked hard throughout my childhood just to provide whatever he could for the family, and that is why he has been my hero and one that heaven has gained.
my dad. I will miss the conversations we used to have every day. I would talk to him every morning on my way to work, no matter what. He would always tell me, go teach those kiddos, he would tell me. He was my biggest supporter as a teacher and seemed so proud. Many of our evening talks would always end with saying I love you many, many times before we would actually finally say goodnight and hang up. My dad and I have a special song to each other that I'd like to play for him one more time. Love you forever, Daddy. Two things I know for sure She was sent here from heaven And she's daddy's little girl As I drop to my knees by her bed at night She talks to Jesus And I close my eyes And I thank God for all of the joy in my life Oh, but most of all, for butterfly kisses after bedtime prayer, sticking little white flowers all up in her hair. Walk beside the pony, Daddy, it's my first ride. I know the cake looks funny, Daddy, but I sure tried. Oh, with all that I've done wrong, I must have done something right to deserve a hug every morning and butterfly kisses at night. To say I love my dad would be an understatement, and to say I'm going to miss him would be an even greater understatement. I know you aren't in any pain anymore, Dad. And you've been made new. And I'm just going to close with one more song. If I had only known the last time would be the last time, I would have put off all the things I had to do. I would have stayed a little longer, held on a little tighter. Now what I'd give for one more day with you. Cause there's a wound here in my heart where something's missing. And they tell me that it's gonna heal with time. But I know you're in a place where all your wounds have been erased And knowing yours are healed is healing mine The only scars in heaven That won't belong to me and you There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old will be made new and the thought that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down 
that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now. I know the road you walked was anything but easy. You picked up your share of scars along the way. But now you're standing in the sun You fought your fight and your race is run The pain is all a million miles away The only scars in heaven That won't belong to me and you There'll be no such thing as broken And all the old that makes me smile now Even as the tears fall down Is that the only scars in heaven yeah, Are on the hands that hold you now I don't see you You live on in all of the better parts of me Until I'm standing with you in the sun I'll fight this fight and this race I'll run Until I finally see what you can see Oh, the only scars in heaven There won't be Such thing is broken, and all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, and even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now? That's what it's all about. Hearing the memories, knowing how he was. God did not create us to be islands unto ourselves. I opened with Psalm 116.15 and it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And when we think of this at first, it can kind of throw us off because we're not quite sure what it means. And part of that is because when we think of a saint, usually we think of somebody who's perfect. And that's not what God deems as a saint. And so we can look at life and we can look at people's lives and we can wonder, well, how are they a saint? When they're not 
perfect at all. And when we think of a saint, we think of somebody who does everything right, who makes all the right choices, who has the right attitude in life, about life, who is always going about doing good. They never have any struggles. They walk on paths filled with red rose petals because life is easy for them. That's what we think a saint is, and that's not God's definition of a saint. His is a whole lot simpler than that. A saint for God means that we are forgiven and that we have peace with God. In Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that alone qualifies us to be a saint in God's eyes. It's that simple. It means that we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ and we are forgiven. We have a relationship with God. We experience God's love while we live down here. And when we die, we get to go to heaven and be with him forever. Being a saint in God's eyes means that we don't have to try and earn our way through life to God. We're not working our way through life. Ray didn't do that. Ruby didn't do that. They lived their life in faith with God. They trusted in the finished work of Jesus and the cross. And one of my favorite scriptures is Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. And see if you find yourself in this at all. It says, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And there's three words that stick out to me. And it's the words weak, ungodly, and still sinners. And in all of those, it says, while we were all of those things, still those things, God demonstrates his love for us. So there's no earning his love. There's nothing that we can do that we can get him to love us more. He already loves us because he created us. We're his. And Ray being a saint means that he trusted in God's love for him shown through Jesus Christ. And Ray walked in this truth he, and trusted in what God had done through Jesus Christ. And Ray's life was the evidence of a life changed by trusting in God. And it's that trusting in Jesus that makes us a saint, even though we are not perfect. And it also means, since we're not perfect, that we're going to be without trials and difficulties. You know, somewhere in our life, we think that when we come to Jesus, that everything is just going to be so easy for us now. We're not going to have any troubles, but that's not biblical at all. That's not what the word says at all. And we'll look at that in just a minute. But what it does mean is that when we're walking through these trials, when we're walking through the difficulties, there's a God there who wants to be there with us. And, and I'm so grateful for his spirit now because he promises to be with those who are grieving. And he promises to multiply peace upon them and to bring comfort to them. Because that's the kind of God that he is. In Matthew, it says, for he, God, makes his son 
rise on the evil and on the good. So whether you're good or evil, the sun's going to rise on you tomorrow. And it says that and sends rain on the just and the unjust. So whether you have faith in God or not, you're going to get rained on sooner or later. But the awesome thing is, is when we place our faith with Christ, then He walks with us through the sunshine when everything is going great, through the rain when everything isn't going great. We have that promise that God will always be with us through it all. In the book of Hebrews, it says that we're to keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, speaking of God, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And when I read this, it's because the Bible is very clear several times that God promises that he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. That means that whatever we're going through, he's going to be right there with us. We just have to be attentive to that. Sometimes it's hard to recognize him. But it, it's also, uh, in most cases, when he's stating this, he's challenging them not to be fearful as well. Don't be a people who are of fear because he is with us always. And if he is with us always, it says in here, what can man do to us? What can happen in this life if God is with you? There's nothing that you can't make it through. And that doesn't mean that everything is going to come out your way, but it means that God is always going to be with us through it all. It has proven true for Ray and Ruby in their walk with God. You cannot ask for anything more than to have someone walking with the Lord and trusting in Him as they walk this journey called life. In Nehemiah, it says, but you are a God ready to forgive. Isn't that awesome? You know, and our picture of God is, is he's, he's waiting to come down on us, to throw the hammer down on us. But it says, but you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and, di and did not forsake them. Isn't that awesome? That's the kind of God that Ray knew. L let me read it. Ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. That was his life. That's how he lived his life. And then I just want to encourage you that we can ask and, and I would encourage you to do this. Why does God choose never to leave us or forsake us? And there's one simple answer for that is because he loves us. If nobody else in this world loves you, you know one person who loves you. And that's God. In John chapter 3, most of us are probably familiar with this. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And Ray believed his love. Ray experienced his love. And it's that simple as well that God loves us and he has provided for our greatest need. 
the forgiveness of our sins. He's given us salvation that we would be able to experience His love in a right relationship with Him and then walk in all the promises that He has with us, knowing that He loves us and He will never leave us or forsake us. How awesome to think Ray did not have to walk through this life on his own. On his own wisdom. In his own understanding. But instead, being able to trust in Jesus. All because God loves people. Because He's created us. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, but God, being rich in mercy, and I would be happy if it just stopped there. To know that God is rich in mercy. But then it tells us why He is rich in mercy. Because of the great love with which He loved us. Isn't that awesome? He loves to be merciful to us. And how many of you know we need that? Amen? And then He goes on. Let me read 4 again and then we'll go to 5. Verse 5. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when you couldn't do anything right, even when you, were, you thought you were the worst person on the face of the earth, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. You see, the truth is, is God desires a relationship with Every one of his children. And he has provided us with the ability through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross as we trust in him. What is so awesome about this is that when we see, we see the cross everywhere. We see him in churches. We see him hanging around people's uh, on necklaces, on earrings. You see it on their clothing. You see it on their hats. You see the cross everywhere. And it's a symbol now of God's love for us. And it doesn't make sense. Because the cross isn't a beautiful thing unless you see it through the eyes of God. And I want to challenge you with this, that this is the way Ray saw the cross. The cross was meant to horrify the world. It was meant for humiliation. It was meant to prolong torture. It was meant to be used by Caesar, but instead it was used by God to bring us forgiveness and salvation. The cross was meant to stop a movement, but instead became the way. It was meant to act on fear, to cause fear in people's lives, but instead it awakened faith. It was meant to be vicious and violent, but instead it became our peace. It's just funny how God is. He's so good to us. And He takes something that the world will try and make so hard and it becomes our way of salvation. The cross was meant to uproot hope, but instead it became hope's seed. It was meant to discourage rebels, stop insurrection, and to put down Jesus, but instead it set up Jesus' resurrection and a new life for all of us who believe. The cross was meant to mock Jesus, 
but instead it became His glory. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead it raised up a king. It was meant to be our judgment, but instead it became our mercy. And Ray experienced that. This cross was meant to kill an enemy, crush dissenters, and diversion. But instead, it became the banner of God's love for every person. It was meant to be used for evil, but instead, God uses it for good. What an incredible God. And now the cross has become our invitation to be forgiven, to be made clean, to be made whole, and to have peace with God. Instead of being ashamed, now we are meant to live or to leave our guilt behind. Instead of feeling empty, the cross now allows us to live a life fulfilled. Instead of being an accident, the cross allows us now to live on purpose and with a plan. Instead of being alone, now we are meant to be His sons and daughters who are loved and welcomed into His family. Ray experienced all of this. And that's why it's so, in one sense, such a joy and such a rejoicing to know that because he trusted in Jesus, he's living the best life that he's ever lived. Ray experienced everything that I've shared while still being not perfect. But because of God's love, because of God's grace and mercy, he became a saint. And that is why last Wednesday was so precious to the Lord. Because one of his saints came home for good. If Ray was here today, he would tell us it is indeed worth it all to trust in Jesus. My prayer is, and I know his prayer is, and his family's prayer is, is that if you have never trusted in Jesus, to do so today. We are not promised tonight. We're not even promised tomorrow. But we are promised a life with God when we trust in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you for this time that we can gather together to remember Ray, to remember the gift and the joy of his life. And Father, I thank you that from him spread so many different things. But Lord, also your love and your kindness and your goodness and your grace and your mercy was spread through him. Father, I pray that in the hours to come and the days to come, in the weeks to come, in the months to come, in the years to come, that you would comfort this family and the friends that he touched. Comfort them with your Holy Spirit, Father. Give them your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding when we trust in you. And Father, I pray that you would cause them when they begin to struggle, that you would cause them to remember the touch of your love through Him. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen.